I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with James Sethian, who's from the University of California, Berkeley, and Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, and we'll start part two by talking about the linking the different phases and scales together. So I think that is probably the challenge of this work, which is to try to figure out how to couple all those phases together so that you don't lose fluid or lose momentum, lose energy, or, or artificially invent some, and have everything work in a nice fashion in which they hand off from one scale to the other. Think of it like a relay race in which people are moving at very different speeds, and some of them are running on a very fast track, and some of them are... I don't know, swimming through water or something like this. You have to do each scale at its appropriate resolution, but also make sure that the handing of information from one scale to the other is done and not create false physics. This, of course, is one very nice application. On your website, you have many different applications. Do you have many research interests? Well, most of the work now has to do with taking these algorithms and these coupled worlds and to try to calculate problems in industrial manufacturing and foams. Foams appear not just in their liquid variety, which are the common ones you see, but also solid foams, which are formed by taking liquid foams and letting them cool and settle and solidify. So, for example, bicycle helmets or structural design or problems in which evolving materials are somehow solving these equations or related equations to move to a new state. I think in terms of foams and fluids that you commonly see, what's next is to add evaporation and chemistry on different forms. But we are using these ideas in problems like biological tumor cell modeling to understand all the various forces there. In those cases, we have fluid mechanics, we have surface motion and surface tension, but we also have elasticity components and notions of rupture and tearing, and all those are being part of models we're building to understand what is the stability and cluster of biological cells, how do they respond to pressure and forces, what sends them to a new equilibrium, how do they organize themselves. When this research came out, it got a lot of coverage. Were you surprised by the media attention? I think we both learned a lot in terms of how many people just have a native interest in bubbles and foams, independent of whether they approach these things from a more mathematical or physical point of view. There seems to be something about them that appeals to people across a variety of occupations and interests. You know, mathematicians have worried about idealized bubbles in terms of minimal surfaces and energies for a very long time. Physicists have worried about these problems in terms of manufacturing and the physics, and now chemical engineers and industrial processing engineers. But there's also another side of this, which are artists and people doing design, people making graphics, and all of those seem to have their own interaction with bubbles. Well, James, is there anything you'd like to add? No, this has been a delight. It's uh, Thank you. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. That's James A. Sethian, who's a professor of mathematics at the University of California, Berkeley, and head of the mathematics department at the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratories. James, thanks a lot. Thank you. So this is a four-part podcast. In parts three and four, we'll talk about the double bubble conjecture.